You're listening to Behind the Business Powered by Social House, a live interview series for entrepreneurs and creatives hosted by Tiffany Lanier. Each month we'll interview a local entrepreneur and peel back the layers of what's behind their entrepreneurial journey, brand, and lifestyle. Our goal is to inspire, empower, and support entrepreneurs and creatives as they pursue their work. Fun fact, all episodes are recorded live in front of a studio audience right here at Social House. So if you're local to Lake Worth, Florida and surrounding areas, please be sure to join us for the first Wednesday of every month. We would love to have you. So without further ado, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome to the seventh episode of the Behind the Business podcast powered by Social House. I'm your host, Tiffany Lanier, and we're excited for all of you to be here with us for the lucky number seven episode. Last month, housemate Glow Solicito interviewed Peter Meyerhofer on his story of pivoting and shifting through careers. They discussed how his resiliency through those transitions helped him find his creative edge and how you can do the same. You can listen to this episode and all of our episodes, basically any where you listen to podcasts. We are now available on Spotify and iTunes, so be sure to check it out. And you can always get the show notes at socialhouselw.com forward slash blog. If you are in the Palm Beach area, be sure to join us for a live recording of the Behind the Business podcast each month. Be sure to check our Facebook or website for those event details. Today, I'm excited to talk about money. You can go ahead and cue Cardi B. I am Just kidding, but we do have the next best person, which is Wendy Lyon, who is a money mindset coach who's going to make you good at money by the end of this interview. But before I cue in my discussion with Wendy, take out those calendars because we need to talk about some of the upcoming events that we have here at the house. So join us for social networking meet and greet for entrepreneurs September 18th from 5.30 to 8 p.m. It'll be a fun night of networking along with speakers and a raffle. If you're looking to make some new connections, whether that be future clients, business partners, or biz besties, I want you to come out and join us. On Friday, September 20th, get excited for Spain on the Intracoastal. It's a five-course tapas dinner paired with Spanish wine with Master Fusion Chef Chris Paul and Chef Chris Marshall of Hampton Forks. The event begins at 6.30 p.m. On Tuesday, September 24th, you can join housemate Kimberly Huff of Shine with Kimberly for Conscious Connection, facilitating an evening with a vision to create a safe space, awareness, and conscious connection through conversation. And that begins at 7 p.m. On Wednesday, September 25th, you can join me for how to use video and podcasting to expand your reach. We'll discuss different ways you can use video and audio to reach your audience and have them fall in love with you. And I'll help make sure that you are choosing the best medium for your personality and business model. If you have been wanting to figure out or have been waiting to figure out where to start, this workshop is totally for you. And last but certainly not least, join us Saturday morning, September 28th with housemate Vicki Perez of Satya Sun Journeys for an amazing workshop to help you craft powerful affirmations along with a beautiful new moon intention ceremony. You can learn about all these events and more, and of course, register for each one of them at socialhouselw.com forward slash events. All right, now it's time for me to tell you more about our guests 
today. I had an amazing conversation with Wendy Lyon. Again, she's a money mindset coach here to help you change your relationship with money so that it can truly serve you when it comes to achieving your dreams and goals for the future. She teaches smart, capable, and dynamic women how to be good at money, which is so important because while money doesn't guarantee happiness, money brings freedom and having the freedom to create the life you love is everything. So here is my conversation with Wendy Lyon. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you all yes. for, for coming. I'm excited to have you here. I'm so excited to be here. We're and going to talk about money. You're very nice to invite me. And I just want to thank all of you. People don't always want to talk about money, so I really applaud you for, for being here. It's not always the, the most fun topic, but I think we're going to hopefully change yeah, that today. Yeah, we're going to change that today. So Absolutely. We've had, uh, or you have a very interesting story on how you became a money mindset coach in the first place, right? You have a banking background and also a degree in psychology. Yes. When was that aha moment that was, there has to be something more to this that people are missing around money and maybe money psychology. And I think that I have the secret sauce to bring it to life. Okay. Yes, absolutely. So for those of you who are wondering, first of all, what a money mindset coach is, basically what I do is help people master their money. And what that looks at looks like is what you mentioned earlier, being good at money, learning how to manage the money that you have, and also figuring out how to earn the money that you really want for your life. Um, But as a money mindset coach, my focus is not necessarily on helping people create a budget, not that that doesn't happen, but it's more about recognizing that we all have these beliefs about money. Um, that are really deeply tied to our sense of wealth and worthiness. And it's these beliefs that are actually driving our relationship with money and how we're behaving around money. So again, as you mentioned, I have these two very different interests, psychology and finance. And about six years ago, I decided I wanted to start a business. I had been home with my children for a few years. They were entering into college. I knew it was time for me to start thinking about the next steps, and I wasn't sure which direction to go in. I had a lot of well-meaning family and friends who kept saying, go back into finance. Um, I knew I didn't want to be in banking. I'd been there, done that, done the corporate life. But I really like this idea of helping people with their finances. So I went and got all the certifications necessary to become a registered investment advisor. I became a registered representative and put my licenses with a national financial services firm, which you have to do in the financial industry. Um, but I was, my, I was a business owner, so I had to find my own clients. And I started looking for people who would really need help with their finances. And to me, the most natural fit was entrepreneurs because any of us who are self-employed, we know we don't necessarily have access to those financial resources that people in corporate America have. So I started working with a wide variety of clients. I had artists, musicians, professionals, um, athletes, um, franchise owners, small business owners, and I was so enthusiastic. I knew I was going to change everybody's life. So with my enthusiasm came tons of spreadsheets, like tons of financial analysis. Um, And I quickly realized that I was so ineffective. You know, people weren't necessarily taking the advice I was giving. They didn't necessarily want the advice. And even more than that, what I realized is that most of them, just like most of us, they knew what to be doing. 
I mean, we all know we should be saving more. We should be spending less. We should be earning more. We should be planning for retirement. But we're not necessarily doing it. And that really became my area of focus. Um, so another part of the backdrop is, you know, at this time, I was starting my own business. So I was a brand new entrepreneur and really coming up against my own limiting beliefs of how I felt about myself, how I felt about my worthiness, and really struggling in that area. So I started working with a coach just to kind of figure out what was going on, and it was so helpful. So at that time, I went back and got a coach certification, and I started really approaching my clients at the time from a new perspective. Mm -hmm. So instead of coming at them with all this advice, this is what you need to be doing with your finances, really trying to explore this area of what is that story about money that you're telling yourself that's keeping you from doing the things that you need to be doing? And my work was so much more effective at that point. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I formally made the transition recently to move from being an investment advisor to focusing on the coaching because that's really where the change can happen when it comes to improving your finances. Right, because you say people know what to do with their money. Yes. Right? Like ultimately we know what we should be doing, what how we should be spending, we should be saving, we should be investing, we should be putting something aside for taxes. Um, <laughs> you know. But people don't necessarily realize how many of those like broken beliefs that they have around money is mm -hmm. making them ineffective of how they're showing up for their money. Can you exactly. elaborate a little bit more on like what some of those belief systems might be? Yes, absolutely. And because it, and, and just touching on what you just said, what's important to realize too, is what you end up with this compounding effect because we know what to do and then we're not doing it. So then we feel worse about ourselves and we feel mm -hmm. worse about our money. So what, what typically happens is is looking first at the behavior. So we don't necessarily, we're, we're often not even aware of these beliefs that we have, but we might notice our behavior around money. So there are also people who hold on to money. They don't want to spend money. Um, they, you know, they panic over it. There's obsessing. So there's overspending. That is actually another big one. I think I remember when I first learned that I was an avoider, uh -huh. <laughs> um, but like it took another coach to like recognize that avoidance tendency. It was like a wealth block almost. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I was always not like I would wait till like the last minute to open a bill. Like, oh my God, I don't want to see. And then I know what's in there. Like I already know what needs to be paid, mm -hmm. but I will like wait till the very last minute to pay it. Mm -hmm. And those were all things that I realized were hindering me and like really scaling up and really like advancing in my business. And I had to work through mm -hmm. in order to see like, where did that money behavior really come from? Mm -hmm. And what I realized that it came from like what I saw about money as a child yes. and those, and that's like a story that we start to build. So what is a money story and how negative, I guess, can that story be as it impacts your business or your life in general? So how it impacts you, the reason why these beliefs are so powerful and they can be so negative is that a lot of times we're not even aware that we're having them. So just like you, okay, I'm avoiding, but not really understanding not even seeing that you're doing it. For me, it was um, procrastinating and not, and, and really getting to the root of it, it was, I had this idea, okay, maybe somebody is going to come rescue me. I always have this, I think I read way too many romance novels growing up, so it's always like, Prince Charming must be on his way, right? Please. Um, so, so a money story is the story you tell yourself about money. And once again, it has nothing necessarily to do with your bank account. It's the story that you tell yourself. And it can come from um, your childhood, from your parents, 
from any experience that maybe you had where you felt shame at some point in your childhood and, and never explored it. And so we're running on this autopilot of the story. Now, stories don't necessarily have to be bad because they're positive stories too. But, but what I always encourage clients to do is first you're looking at the behavior. Okay, so this is how I'm acting. You know, me, I'm procrastinating. Why? Well, I don't really, you know, I'm, I want somebody else to take care of me. There's a worthiness component. And then it's deciding, is this belief serving me? Mm-hmm. And if it's a belief that's not serving you, then really wanting to come disprove it to yourself is going to be the next step. Because otherwise, what I found in my practice when I was just doing straight investment advising you're never going to make permanent change with your financial situation if you don't address your beliefs about money. And that's why you hear about people winning the lottery and hundreds of millions of dollars and then they're, you know, bankrupts three or four years later because they have that story, that belief or whatever, a poverty or something like that about money that's driving their behavior ultimately. And everyone thinks like money's going to solve all the problems. That's like if I make more money, it's all going to go away and it's all going to be better. But that's not necessarily true. We can see that. No, it's not. And that's interesting because that is one of the stories that I address is this idea of, you know, money, it's not going to change any. It's not going to necessarily change your day-to-day life. It does give you the freedom. But that is another thing where people are very focused on money and the status and going after it for maybe a reason Mm -hmm. that isn't going to bring them the fulfillment that they Mm -hmm. want. So there's all these, like, deeper layers of why we are chasing what we're chasing and Mm -hmm. usually society tells us like it's the money because the money changes everything yes but just like in the lottery example you can have all of the money and like squander it in a matter of like a month if you don't know what to do with your money from a from an internal place exactly not just from a spending place and i think the financial service industry you know very well meaning but i think that they don't necessarily address the kind of changes that we need because it doesn't change. My goal as a coach is to empower you, you know, is to teach you how money works so that you can make those decisions yourself and not to have it be that you need to go um, listen to some professional, not that that isn't, isn't helpful, but to be able to come up with your own mindset around money, how you want to handle it, a paradigm going forward about this is how I want it to show up in my life. This is how I want to show up around it and creating a belief system for yourself that's going to drive your behavior going forward. Mm-hmm. It's always that deep inner work, everybody. It is the deep. <laughs> and that is why Tiffany and I talked about this. I named my company The Daily Strategist, which sounds so random, except what I tell my clients is this is a daily practice. I mean, it is an ongoing thing because we're always going to have these new issues come up, these new limitations. And unless we really take the time to explore them, they're going to be affecting us in potentially negative ways. Yeah. We all know how much I love my daily practice. Yes, yes. <laughs> I know. So I think it's so important because I think we tend to forget that everything that we do is a practice mm-hmm. and we get really like hyper-focused on it having to be done like right away. And then if we don't achieve that change that we want in a short period of time, then we failed. And then like we start this like vicious cycle over and over again. And so the same thing is applied with money, Mm -hmm. right? Like money is something that we spent probably decades torturing ourselves over. And so taking the time to actually overcome what those blocks may be, Mm -hmm. is so important for us to especially thrive in our businesses. If we're like kind of changing it. I mean, I thought I've been life in general, but definitely in business. Why do you think women in particular struggle when it comes to talking about money more than men, even if they had like similar 
backgrounds growing up? Well, first of all, most of us aren't taught about money. The numbers are changing, but you know, up until a few years ago, there were only four states that required, I think five states that required any kind of financial education in um, the community, which is so interesting. You start to think here you have all these classes in random topics that maybe aren't going to affect you, but we don't really t learn about money. So it tends to be a subject that we're not exposed to at a young age. A lot of us come from backgrounds where money isn't talked about. And there, because of that, because there's, it's so much in the dark in our society, it feels awkward to talk about. Mm -hmm. So they've actually done a study, and I thought this was fascinating. They, they surveyed Americans, and they found that the majority of Americans would prefer to talk about their weight or even their sex life than about money. And, mm -hmm. and I think that that's probably very true. I mean, I could come to you and say, like, oh, you know, this is going on in my life, or I went out to dinner last night and I ate too much. But I would never come to you, probably, and mm -hmm. say, like, I'm really, you know, I've got this credit card bill, and it's, you know, it's upsetting me, and I don't know if my paycheck's coming in. That is so vulnerable. And it's really an area that I want to change and open the conversation because without awareness, we're never going to become educated. And without education, we're never empowered. So it's bringing this topic into the light in a way that can actually serve us and help it be something that feels comfortable to talk about. So really allowing ourselves to speak more freely, like stop stigmatizing it as yes. something that is so secretive. But I think that's even something, at least from... Like how I grew up, my parents were always like, you keep those things like in the house, right? Yes. You don't go out and tell your friends or family members or other people about what's happening around anybody's money situation outside mm -hmm. of that. And so that's like an intrinsic fear of, I can't even go to a coach or someone else who can help me with this because maybe there's shame or other, mm -hmm. um, you know, other feelings around it that stops us from getting the kind of help and support that we need. It's absolutely so. It's so true. And I, I see that all the time. Um, and I think what happens, we, we talk about shame. There is always this feeling. Shame always comes from this feeling of, I should. I should be further along. I should have saved more. I shouldn't have debt. I shouldn't be going through this. And one thing that's very freeing for me, having worked with you know hundreds of clients over the last few years, a lot of, most people, I would say 90% of my clients have credit card debt. They're not saving enough. I mean, we're all in this, like, I should be somewhere else, but most of us. Everyone's there with you. Yeah. <laughs> so Everyone's right you know. there with you. So let's stop the lies right now. <laughs> so stop judging yourself. And, and I think the other thing too, going back to the financial industry, their messages tend to be, um, if you look at the news, like you can open, I mean, it's great for me because you know, the finance is always in the news. You read the paper, 70% of Americans aren't saving enough. People are going to retire. They're not going to have money. It's all these doomsday messages, which is only contributing to this message that makes it even harder to talk about in a way that's actually going to serve us. Mm -hmm. So I think that that, you know, it's society, it's coming from that place of negativity as well as maybe our own families and our own culture mm -hmm. that makes it feel. Is there, I guess, I don't know if we fully answered that question, but do you think women struggle more than men, oh, yes. like based on like who you've worked with or okay, is that so a fallacy? Um, okay. This is such, that's such an interesting question. Thank you for asking that. What's really interesting is that women struggle in silence. At the same time, women are better clients. So the thing with men is they, they definitely come into the conversation. No offense to over there, but they, come the, they, they come into the conversation feeling a little bit more confident. Certainly. Yeah. You know, it's more of an area of expertise. But in terms of 
wanting to change their behavior, sometimes that's a little bit harder, just in my experience. Okay. And that's my experience as a woman working with men. But I wouldn't necessarily say, I mean, they actually, there, there was just an article recently I thought was fascinating. They were talking about how women are now actually handling their family's finances more often than men. And whoever, this was in a major publication, they were saying that's actually a good thing because women tend to be more conscientious. We tend to be more empathic. We're, um, you know, forward thinkers. Again, my apologies. But this was just, anyway, I thought <laughs> this was true. A, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it was. It was a very interesting observation. So I think women. You know, we might think that we're we're not capable of handling money. Oh my goodness, we are so capable of handling money in in such a power. You know, we're managing our families already. We're juggling a lot of things. This is and that nothing. could really be. I have a past client who I think I mentioned her to you, but she's a budgetologist and she did a TEDx talk about um, that girls are good at math. Mm. And so it might even stem this idea that women aren't great at their money because mm -hmm. girls are not good at math or we like tend to hold that story in because um, we see that in the science and engineering. And yes. these are all very still male dominated industries that have to do with numbers. Mm -hmm. And so it's this fallacy that we hold within ourselves saying like, well, I'm not good at math and I'm not good at numbers and I'm not good at money. And then that's become that story that we tell ourselves over and over and over again, when in reality, we're great at math and we're great at money and we're great at everything. <laughs> yes, we are. It's so true. I, I mean, I had a lot of clients. I mean, I had one client recently. She, she failed fourth grade math. And she's taken this story with her her entire life that she can't do math. And, um, and it's not true. But I think our society obviously perpetuates yeah. that idea. And you see it absolutely that there are more men. But I got a D in pre-calc. And I was like, she's <laughs> not capable. Um, when, who's using pre-calc now? Not no, me. No. <laughs> not me. Yeah. So what can we do to begin really changing our minds? mindset around money? What are some like actionable, actionable tips that everyone can take away even today and like really start that journey? What I would do is to first, um, well, a couple of things, but first to really look at your behavior and try to journal it over a period of time just to get curious. So, you know, the coaching tools that I always use when you're looking at the past, it's with curiosity and not judgment. So just kind of like, oh, I wonder why this is happening for me. And to start that daily practice of, of noticing how you show up around money, because you might not have actually ever taken the time to start to observe the patterns that mm -hmm. are continually showing up in your life and to get a clear sense and to explore the stories that you might be telling yourself. You know, obviously most of you know, what you're going to tend to notice first is the behavior like, oh, I didn't pay my bill or whatever it is. Now, you also might notice, you know, here we're talking about negative things. You might also notice I'm actually really irresponsible. I'm just worrying about money too much. So whatever it is, you know, positive or negative, I call it functional or sabotaging behavior. Start to notice that behavior and then start to kind of, you know, do a deep dive on what's driving it. You know, what kind of thoughts are, mm -hmm. are coming up for you around that? And I do have some resources that are going to be coming available on my website to really help you do that and to kind of start that daily practice to see how you are showing up with money yourself. And then touching on that, again, I would just... Wherever you are, and it's just treating yourself with so much compassion and love and just understanding you've always done the best that you could and not coming at it from a place of judgment or mm -hmm. self-criticism because you can't ever make positive changes from that. So that would be my first, um, that would be my first step. Yeah. I mean, 
again, everything is a practice mm-hmm. and we don't know what we don't know mm-hmm. or what we don't recognize. And so that level of awareness, like now that you're starting to see, that's what happened when I found out I was an avoider is I'm like, I just, just keep paying this bill late and I have the money in the bank. Why uh-huh. am I paying this late? Why am I getting hit with late fees? That doesn't make any actual sense. Right. There's something more to this. And so me taking that time to, like you said, journal Uh and talk to someone about like, why is this behavior even happening when it shouldn't be? Mm -hmm. Um, In the sense that it's not because there's nothing there to pay these bills. So there's something, there's some kind of mental block that's coming up. Mm -hmm. And what I found is this reoccurring theme throughout my childhood as well as like my early adulthood when I didn't have the money to pay it. So it was just late. And so that became a habit almost. And so seeing what that looks like internally and like what you're saying, working on it and giving yourself an opportunity to see it in plain sight Mm -hmm. without so much judgment and shame and guilt around the behavior allows for you to start changing it. Absolutely. And the process of changing it is always what I always suggest to people because I love law of attraction and and you want to feel good about your money, but also taking the belief, whatever it is, and just asking, is this true? You know, Mm -hmm. here I am thinking, you know, money is evil or money is scarce. And then trying to find the the stories that disprove that so that you can actually start to build that belief that, you know, whatever it is keeping you from avoiding or for me, the, you know, my issues with money, what's, is that really a true belief? Mm -hmm. I love that. Okay. So let's Time check, anyone? How are we doing on time? Anybody? What time? Okay. So I want to just go into the fire round, if that's okay. good. And yeah, then maybe absolutely. we'll talk about some other things during the Q&A. So what's the best book that you've read on money mindset or just money in general? Um, okay, wait, that's an interesting question. I actually think, and this is maybe because I'm just reading it, is I've been reading Atomic Habits by James Clear. Favorite book. It's, <laughs> it's one oh of my, my favorite books, at least favorite book of 2019. It, yes. It's unbelievable. It's really transformative because so much of our behavior, it turns into a habit. Mm-hmm. So to me, you know, that's not necessarily about money, but it does absolutely is something that, for everything. Like yeah, how we look everything. at that, like that small incremental change. Yes. Yes. Atomic habits. Atomic everyone. habits. It's excellent. You will not be disappointed. <laughs> you will not be disappointed. Love it. If you had to pick a wonder of the world, where would you go? Um, China, China. Yeah. Which, you know, is, I don't know. I would, I would love to see the great wall of China and would love to go to, I've never been to Asia and that's something it's not a cushy, you know, part of me is like, no, I want to go lie on a beach in Bali, but I think I I would much more enjoy probably exploring different parts of the world. Martini or margarita? Margarita. Mm, Yes. (laughs) If If you could be mentored by anyone living or from the past, who would it be? Okay, I would definitely say, so, okay, I have so many different answers for this. One of the women who I really admire, and this is so random, is Estee Lauder. And I know that that's the most random answer, but she's a businesswoman who went through so much in her personal life and started a business. And it was really about, her business was so much about empowering women. And to me, that's such a, you know, it seems like she was just selling lipstick. But for me, I, I loved her story of trying to help women become the best that they could be. And so she was just a very savvy businesswoman who um, was a, a trailblazer in her mm-hmm. own time, day and time. And so that's somebody who I've always admired her as a businesswoman. Awesome. 
Yeah, I wasn't expecting yeah, that, that. I, know, I think that's so great. Real. I know, it is. <laughs> now we're all like, let's go look up Estee Lauder and see like, what was she actually <laughs> about. <laughs> I love that. And what was the quote that changed your life? Um, okay, there's this quote. It's called, and it's by Charles, I can't even remember. And it's the next day, the next year, the next month the next hour is all waiting for you. And it's this idea, and I'll have to get back to you on exactly what it is, but it's like every hour we can start over. It says like every minute is waiting for you to start over with a brand new slate. Mm -hmm. And I love that because it's that, that idea that anytime, you know, we're always waiting for like January 1st and then everything's going to change. No, every day is this new opportunity Mm -hmm. to step more fully into who we want to be. Yes. So it's it's a wonderful quote. I'm sorry I don't have it exactly. No, but, but I think the sentiment. The sentiment, every, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So worth remembering all the time. Yes. You don't have to wait for the new year, the new month, the first day of the week. Like, you can just start right now. Start right now. Yeah. I need to add that to my website. So thank you for hey. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was perfect. Well, thank you so much, Wendy, thank for being you. here really and sharing. Where can we me. find out more about you? I have a website, thedailystrategist.com, and I will be putting more resources on there. You can also email me, Wendy at The Daily Strategist, if you want more information. And I am going to be on Instagram. So Yay. that's going to be fun. So make yes. sure you follow Wendy on Instagram. She's just beginning, her, just Instagram, beginning. her Instagram journey. And so I'm is that be at Wendy Line your, or The Daily Strategist? The Daily Strategist. Awesome. And I'm going to be coming to your workshop on video. It's like, I need that. Yeah, Yay. absolutely. Awesome. So, thank you so Yay. much. Thank you. Appreciate I appreciate it. it. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for listening to Behind the Business, powered by Social House. Learn more about today's guests, upcoming events, and how you can be a part of our live studio audience at socialhouselw.com. And don't forget to connect with us on Instagram and Facebook at our handle, socialhouselw. Until next time, remember, business is always better together. So get out of the house and get social.